Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of our galaxy, other galaxies, all the galaxies near and far, as they said on Sesame Street, this is for Center and Other Center. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm excited, Ken, for this episode. Uh, we normally do something called Cues of the Force. This is Cues of the Other. One of the things that uh, I love about this uh, podcast is the community. So we put out a, a, a request for questions to our Patreon supporters about, hey, 
ask us anything that isn't about the work of a struck company in Hollywood mm. and wide open, see what we'll get. So I'm excited to dive into those questions. This is uh, an AMA, huh? What they're calling an AMA. <laughs> these kids these days. Yeah, okay. I didn't even think of that. This novel thing. Oh, it's, it is an AMA. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, well, Q's, A's, it's all part of it. Uh, we got to get to our A's that we always do. And one of them is Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, we are taking turns recommending favorite books and finding out uh, more about our actual reading uh, likes. Now I had something all ready to go, but I am going to vamp while I Google and make mm. sure that it is actually available. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you go into audible.com and, and you're going to search. Uh, I had a good recommendation. I thought this week uh, and uh, I had to confirm as well. It's And I'll say this, it's an easy user interface. You can just go and type the book you want. Did you find it yet? I did. I just, uh, in, in, in your, your vamping voice was, was very good. Very good. Uh, no, I, I just typed in the name of the book and Audible and it popped right up. I'm so used to everything being available on Audible that it's something that's like, I should check. Anyway, yes. uh, this is a book by one of my favorite authors, an author that I think kind of helped shape my worldview uh, when I encountered him uh, as a young person. The author is Kurt Vonnegut Jr. In the book in particular, is Slaughterhouse Five probably his most uh, famous book? It is definitely a, a uh, book that has ended up on various uh, end caps. You'll see of uh, books that have been banned in the past. Uh, this I also picked this because I think it relates to um, the topics we normally talk about on Force Center. How there is great joy and fun in uh, the way things are packaged. Kind of a fantastic, bizarre, entertaining, engaging. Uh, package, but then within that, there can still be a great depth of ideas. And Kurt Vonnegut kind of wrestled with this throughout his life because the surface of some of his books are science fiction. Uh, at some points in his career, he got labeled as that science fiction writer, <laughs> and he was like, uh, "This is actually, it's, it's, yep, Slaughterhouse Five has time travel, but actually, it was about how I was in Dresden when it was bombed in World War Two. There's some ideas there. Something going on." Yeah, so I love the book. I haven't revisited in a long time, and I just wanted to recommend something that was uh, close to my heart, something that was entertaining and powerful, and it just kind of relates to some of the topics that Ken and I have been talking about lately about uh, the depth uh, that is there in art. Mm -hmm. So we're recommending Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. To download your free audiobook today, you can go to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audio book. One A down, many A's to go. Ken, do you want to handle our next A? Yeah, our current ask is to ask you to consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash four center. Now, earlier this week on our previous episode, we talked a little bit more about the realities of what's going on uh, of us um, making a decision to uh, not discuss uh, what we normally discuss around these parts uh, to support the strikes. Uh, to support Jennifer, who is a SAG member, us who are closely associated with SAG. Uh, but the end result is, hey, we, we could really use uh, not only your ears on the show, but maybe your support if that uh, sounds right for you. And a place to do that directly is patreon.com slash force center. From there, you can get into our Discord. We say that a lot. It's a buzz buzz phrase, right? Catchphrase. <laughs> Radio man comes out of me. Uh, from there, you can get into our Discord. But you can 
And there you'll find just a wonderful, vibrant, supportive community of like-minded fans, not just for Star Wars, but, uh, and I don't mean like-minded, like they're all locked up with every opinion, but that's actually part of the point. Like-minded in the way in which they approach things. So even if there is debates, even if there's different point of views, they have a wonderful time discussing it, a warm time discussing it, and the other center thread going, still talking about favorite foods, still talking about favorite <laughs> games, and I love it. It it's, uh, means a lot to us right now as we are in this um, um, unshaky ground section of Four Center's um, long, nearly 10-year run. So, uh, Four Center can be supported at patreon.com slash Four Center. Yep, that is exactly right, and I'm excited uh, for people to continue to discuss mm -hmm. uh, the things that we discuss in Discord. And so, yeah, We're live to tape as we discussed ad nauseum. I think I said unshake. I meant unsteady ground. Did I say it right? No, I said, I said it wrong. I said it wrong. <laughs> unsteady ground. The spirit was clear. The spirit <laughs> was very clear, which is what matters the most. Uh, all right. Uh, we are going to get into now the most important A's, which are answers. But can you have an answer without a question? That's a philosophical question. Uh, anyway, we're going to go to some questions from our patrons on Patreon. Uh, we were talking off air. There's some definitely we're going to start with a real fun question. Uh, but then uh, both of the other questions um, they got some weight to them. And, uh, and Ken and I are both <laughs> exhausted and a little grumpy. So we'll see <laughs> how well we do. This is going to be one where I, I, we're going to finish recording and Ken, I'm going to go like, should, should I have said that? I, I, yeah. Yeah. It's, anyway. so, it's fascinating because as we open up to the cues of the other, uh, you know, and we've been doing this on some of the live shows, like I, I'm expecting to get some of the comfort food or video game questions and, and we can get those and we love those and want more of those too. But yeah, I, I really respect our audience that they're meeting like, oh, we can talk about other things. What about this? Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I, the only restriction I put on when I put the post on Patreon is, you know, we're not going to ask answer questions about, you know, anything created by, by a struck company. But uh, besides that, people went lots of different places. So let's dive in with this first question from Robert Meadows. Robert says, greetings all. I'm a sucker for love stories. How did you all meet your significant others? My wife and I will have been married two years this October. We actually went to the same high school, but never interacted with each other, despite the fact we had several friends in common and ran in some of the same circles. Fast forward five years, and we actually match on a dating app. I can honestly say marrying her was the best decision I've ever made. Uh, this is great. I, I forgot, in fact, to put in the, the Patreon post that we always love to hear your stories, to hear why you're asking the question. So thank you. Uh, even though I didn't remember to say that in the post, thank you, Robert, for doing that. Love the context of where the question is coming from and hearing people's individual experiences. Um, I almost held this one back to a time that Jennifer could join us because I don't know the story of her, <laughs> me and her mm, husband. Ahead, yeah. So maybe we'll resurrect this one. Uh, yeah. But for now, um, this is fun because I was there for some of the beats of uh, of your story, but not all of them. Yeah. Yes, uh, so, yeah, what what is... Do you have it compacted into a short? I'm not asking. I'm not asking you to make the the uh, answer short, yeah. mm -hmm. but I think that's the thing that happens with people. They get used to answering the question, so they they get it down to a compact three yeah, beat yeah, yeah. narrative. Here's our story. Uh, yeah, yeah. Long here it starts in my youth. I was very shy. Um, definitely attracted to, to to women, but did not know how to communicate with them or how to get them. Tried to follow society's ways. That didn't work for me. I wasn't comfortable with that. Um, just remember at Chili's restaurant with my uh, friends going, dude, just hit on her. I'm like, it doesn't seem like it should be the way. Um, so I was always uh, um, uncomfortable, a uh, late bloomer. Um, but also in 
in focusing on what I thought I didn't deserve, which was a, a good relationship or, or a, a woman that I was attracted to, I, I overlooked a lot of potential, both just potential partners or or, or romances, um, fun, just experiencing life, you know, going to a movie with someone. I didn't get to experience that for a long time. Those little things, it made you very sad and lonely. So I, I grew up concentrating in a lot of areas of my life on I don't deserve X and fill in the blank, career, money, whatever it is. I don't, I don't deserve it, so I have, to fu- I have to function over here. So that's been a lot of my mindset. But, but I had a friend in about 2005 who, who I'm still friends with, a junior high best friend that we're still connected with. He drove down to see me do stand-up at the Hollywood Improv, and he's a real straightforward kind of fun Scottish guy, and we were having whiskey at the bar at the Hollywood Improv, and I was kind of doing the, oh, woe is me, I'm lonely, and he was like, blink, bleep, bleep you, bleep you. Because let me tell you, here's this girl who liked you. Here's this girl that liked you. You're so focused on what you think you don't deserve, you've missed it all. And he was yelling at me. And, <laughs> and that changed my perspective. He's like, you're, you're on stage at the Hollywood Improv. You're doing this. You moved to LA. You left our small town. And not that you, you, you need to leave your small towns if that works for you. But it was just one of those ass-kicking moments that changed me. So I started successful dating life after that. But I still kind of struggled. And I was still in a dark period when uh, you found me, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> and um, long story short, uh, trying to make it real short. Like there was a, You don't have a, to make it short. Long Take conversation at a Vegas bar where you and I were at a convention together. And I was just, there was a close friend of my life and, and I was wanted something romantic. It wasn't going to happen, but I was trying to, you know, convince myself it was. And, and, and hopefully in, in a, in a, healthier way than other people in the world do, but um, a little wearing it on my sleeve and you were very patient and worked me through. And, 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 and that was actually a trip where I was like, Oh yeah, no, this is definitely not going to happen. Um, and I'm not <laughs> talking about physical. I'm just talking about, yeah, no, we, we, this, we're not seeing things the same way. So you have to find the, the way to move on. So I was in that haze when I left my job at screen junkies, went to collider and that's where I met Grace. Grace was a producer uh, there, um, working on a lot of their uh, film HQ shows. Um, and I did what I always did, or always do uh, in those situations. Well, I'm not going to talk to that pretty girl. <laughs> She'll and be mean to me. Yeah. She tells the story, uh, you know, so well from her point of view. You know, you only know your points of view, right, until the stories combine. For for a month to two months, actually almost three months, the, the move to get me over to, to Collider was something that began at a Comic-Con and, and in a casual conversation. Uh, and then it took about three, four months to become a reality. And she had heard all that time from my friends who were all working there. The Rileys, the Ellis's, the Harloff's, everyone. Oh, we're going to get Ken. Ken's going to come over here. And it's going to be so good. Oh, my God. He's so funny. And da, 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 da. so. It is like that uh, SNL sketch from the back of the day of, you know, Bill Brasky and the legends of, you know, Paul Bunyan or something. <laughs> I show up. She's thinking, oh, my gosh, even she would tell her sister and friend, like, oh, they, this cool guy is going to start the company. I show up still kind of wearing a shirt and tie. Um, quiet. I'm shy. I don't talk to anyone anyways, unless I'm on air. I don't say much. And she literally was like, who's this dud? This guy is Nothing like I've said. <laughs> then I wouldn't talk to her because I'm shy and particularly shy. If I, if I think uh, yeah, I might have a sweet on you, I'm going to be even more shy. Uh, it's just kind of a lingering effect of my past uh, life of my view of what I deserve. And, um, and I'm, by the way, I'm okay. I'm not, uh, you know, gregoriously going around the office making it uncomfortable for people. But uh, so anyways, about two, three months in that we actually were shooting something. We were shooting a sketch and, um, 
I was sitting behind her and I just was joking around downtime during takes. And that exposed who I really was and not just humor, but just my personality point of view. And so we became friends and um, workplace texting, but I, again, never, never thought, never thought, never thought. And then finally, I just had one of those, uh, I had a night. I, I don't say, I think I may have said this at my engagement, which you were at with Sarah, but I'll say it publicly. I had, had a party at my house, my old apartment. She was on the invite list and the invite was one of those, I'm going to get her out of the office to see what that's like. You know what I mean? Like, what, what do we do when we're not at work? Like, do we have chemistry? Is there something there? I had a bunch of my other friends over too. And she was two hours late to the party, which I found later was intentional. Um, likes to make an interest, but also was nervous because she had liked me. And I didn't know that. You know what I mean? You don't see that mm -hmm. stuff when you're constantly stewing in what you don't, what you think you don't deserve or, or don't, you're not getting what you deserve. I did not see it. Again, it was like that conversation my friend had about 10, 11 years earlier. You are so lost in what you think you don't have, you're missing what you could have. And that's, she showed up to the party to scout me just as much as I was scouting her. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, her friend was there and they, they left. There were two of the, the last two people to leave my uh, apartment and they left and, and I went home. I went back to my room and I thought to myself, it didn't work. She doesn't like me. And I sat in my bed and I cried. And uh, I, I have a, you know, I still, I, I, I have some complicated issues with religion in the church, capital T, capital C, but I, I still like talking to God. And I was just like, God, I just, you know, I just, I just can't find anyone in to like me anymore. And I guess this is where we're at because I don't deserve that. And that's fine. And then Grace texted me like at that very moment, I had a great time tonight, you know, said something real nice and talk to you later. And I remember thinking, oh, okay. I don't know if I believe in signs, but if there was ever going to be a sign, that might be a sign that maybe I should stop. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to take anything from, from the big G, yeah. but I was at that party. Sarah and I were at that party. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Uh, so can I, can I inter interject? Cause I, I want to Wait. hear the rest of the story, but just as a way to support what you're talking about of perception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I don't, I don't think I've ever been at a party quite like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody showed up and I met some some of your friends I hadn't known before. I, I remember talking mm -hmm. to somebody about Guns N' Roses. I, mm -hmm. I, I had uh, some people I knew, some people I didn't. I think I talked to her. That was, I think, maybe the first time I met uh, Roxy Stryer. Um, oh, yeah. Very nice party. And then Grace showed up and it was like a record scratch <laughs> of the energy in the room. It was, you could take the most obtuse person with the least amount of intuition and instinct. And they would be like, well, damn, those two are into one another. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't, you weren't like handsy or anything. It was just all energy in the room became about the two of you looking into each other's eyes. <laughs> it was obvious uh, to the point of being almost comically awkward where I was, I was like, uh -huh. I thought I was at my friend's, you know, general party but now i feel like i'm actually accidentally in a hotel room <laughs> yeah with him and his girlfriend and maybe i should leave <laughs> it was so intense uh, uh, and i'm really not exaggerating it was just very clear that you and grace were both sort of performing being at a party but all mm -hmm. of your energy was was shooting at one another mm-hmm that's fascinating. I've never heard your take on that. And I, I don't doubt it for a second, but it speaks to my, what I'm saying of like, they left, her and her friend left. And I just went, my, my shoulders slumped and I went, I, 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 I failed again. I failed again. It's so crazy. I didn't see anything that you're talking about. 
it, it was, uh, I remember talking to a, a, another friend um, mm-hmm. uh, of yours that I maybe only talked to once or twice, but we, we, that we talked about it. It was like, we should, we should leave. <laughs> Pick up your things. Yeah, it was not, it was not, this wasn't like, "Mm, I I pick up on something subtle that other people don't. It was, so anyway, I just think it speaks to, it was so clear to everyone else that you were not alone in your, uh, it was not one-sided, your interest in in grace. It was obvious. Yeah. And you still had enough of that, um, Uh that training that you needed to. (laughs) <laughs> you needed to go pray. Untangle. Yeah, yeah. And 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 yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> Love you start that out with not to take anything away from, from, from the big G, but yes. And and maybe sometimes you need that. Sometimes you have to break through. And so then and then I did. I did I did. And then I got um there's a fine line, and I'll say this specifically. There's a fine line, gentlemen out there in the world who um seek women. Um and, and by the way, seeking women, but I, I think there's a specific line of 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 confidence versus aggression that society mm-hmm. has pushed uh, us into one direction. And so I, I, I didn't, I was starting to get confident, but I, I was not aggressive. And then I had, a, I had to go to Vegas for a trip slash work thing, pro wrestling thing. I was doing, and we, just do, we were just doing the texting thing, you know? Where even my friends there with me were like, hey, you know, is she still texting you? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so then I, I, uh, I uh, did something I never do. I have, again, never taught, never, never did this. It was like, asked her out type of thing. All my relationships have come from work. Um, and that's just, it's also testament to, you know, work takes up a lot of our lives. <laughs> and and um, yeah. And so that's, that, that, that's, that's when the story really kicks off. I was like, Hey, you know, you claim to be good at Lord of the Rings uh, trivia. I'll kick your ass at it. Sure. <laughs> I'm not be aggressive uh, in that regard. And uh, she said, you won't, uh, but uh, come on over. And, and uh, that was our first date actually was a uh, stayed inside. Uh, put on the Lord of the Rings movies and brought out the Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit. Uh, I played, I took my first turn. I, I missed the question. I never played again. She <laughs> two straight games. Trivial Pursuit and Chill was yeah. your first date. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, and that's been uh, it ever since. And that was in, and that first date you were both. Yep. This is a thing. Yeah, and 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 not that you were like, and we will live together, and we were together forever. But you were. It was clear from the first date that there is interest in both sides, and you're pursuing this. It was. It was. I'll tease her, and and she'll admit to when pressed that uh, she tried everything in her power to have it not be something because she had come out of a, a bad situation and and was rightfully suspicious of both men and love. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But. Uh, uh, it took, so it took a little bit, but, but it, it's never, it's, it's never stopped. That's, it's, uh, it's 2017. Mm, that is great. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love the trivial pursuit of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not lying because that's how that game works. You keep answering. If you get it right, I missed the first question. Never played again. We played two whole games. <laughs> <laughs> and have the two of you ever uh, played that game again? Do you do it on your yeah, dating I mean, anniversary? No, there's no point. There's no point. I haven't learned anything more. <laughs> My only hope is that she would have forgotten I can't get any better, but maybe my opponent can diminish. That is, that is a great hope. Uh, Yeah. 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 yeah, That's great. There are some similarities, some differences in, in my, um, my and Sarah's uh, meeting and falling in love. I I definitely had all of the same uh, stimulus from the world that, that you did about Mm -hmm. um, not being worthy. Right, but I think 
and and maybe it's the same with you. Maybe it, maybe it's just a matter a matter of phrasing. Um, mm. I remember really thinking, e- even in like high school, like I like myself. <laughs> mm. I think I'm pretty creative and yeah, interesting, yeah. and I don't think there's anything wrong wrong with liking Star Wars. Like I had, you know, belief in myself. But then I also had belief in everything that culture had told me that I was scrawny. I wasn't good at sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, uh, I understood that you were from all of the, frankly, horrible media we watched that you were supposed to just go up to a woman and tell her mm-hmm. you, you and I are going to date. And they like that. Like yeah. I understood that I was, yeah. you know, according to the media we watched, supposed to do that. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I, you know, I wanted to be friendly and nice and probably the creepiest thing I've ever done in my entire life I thinking it was nice was uh I used to carry in in high school uh, band-aids in my back pocket (laughs) and then I'd be like if a girl cut her finger I'd be like right there (laughs) in retrospect it's so weird and creepy but it was just like I just I want to find a way to talk to people and be nice and be present and be there for them like weird totally molded butt-shaped band-aid that had been in my back pocket for six months like I'm here for you What's you a, a band-aid guy? Who's a band-aid guy? <laughs> see a band-aid guy? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, like that's, if I'd ever made it on Saturday Night Live, that would have been my breakout character, the creepy yeah. band-aid guy. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, so anyway, I, I feel like I got a lot of, um, I, I definitely got to a point where like, I, I like myself, but I understand for whatever reason, uh, I'm not attractive to women. Like yeah. is what I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and again, that was obviously not true. There were, there were women who liked me that I was being dumb about for various reasons. Um, I dated a little bit in college. It gets complicated with some other life stuff, but I've, it, I had a couple of good, uh, very short dating experiences that didn't crash and burned, um, partially because of, of me and my baggage and all that, blah, 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 blah. I end up, um, uh, meeting through the fringe festival uh, a wonderful person who i'm still friends with her and her entire family um wonderful uh part of my life uh, we lived together for four years um but uh there was some uh, de- definitely some things that i did poorly we didn't communicate about them um i uh tried she broke up with me i moved out we kind of tried to make it work i moved back in I told her like, what do you need me to do to make this work? Cause I was just desperate to make it work. Cause I didn't want to have failed. Right. Um, at the sort of first like real adult relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I was just like, uh, marriage, you, you want some marriage? I can marry you. You want, you, you, you want a marriage? Marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And at the mm-hmm. same time, this, uh, monthly comedy show that keeps coming up a lot, uh, uh, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. ending. It was our last show was, and, mm-hmm. and my brother was like, we need something real big, uh, real, just a blowout to end this show. And I was like, oh, no, well, I'm going to propose to Natalie. <laughs> oh, no. And I asked her, I was like, I, I got the ring. I called your dad. Uh-huh. Can I propose to you during the show? And my overcommitment to the show and partying after the show had been a tension in the relationship. So it was mm-hmm. so dumb. It was so dumb. <laughs> You're running uh, right, right to the problem. <laughs> yeah. It was like, but I'm going to fix it all with marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And she was like, yeah. And then like, I, you know, Afterwards, I heard from people like, I looked really bored during the show. And the show was like three hours long and she was checking her watch. <laughs> like she knew it was coming. It wasn't surprising her. But everybody in the audience thought it was a surprise. Like, mm, mm. 
uh, every, every, most people there were drunk. And this show was called Look Mono Pants. And one of the things that we did is we we had a, a pants concierge. And if you wanted to watch, the, you had to keep your underwear on. But if you wanted to watch the show without pants, you could check your pants. So like she's sitting there in like 250 people. And half of them don't even have pants on waiting yeah. for, for two in the morning to be supposed yeah. to. So uh, one of my friends didn't, it, not, nobody but my brother Joshua knew it was happening. And one of my friends got so nervous, he he, he ran off the stage. He's like, I can't wow. Um, so anyway, long story short, I, I proposed to her. Uh, she actually doesn't say yes. She says, okay. Oh, no. Because she already knew this was yeah. this was not not the way to yeah. fix uh, the, anything. Um, but uh, a couple of years earlier, I had uh, met this other woman uh, named Sarah. I believe the first time I saw Sarah, she came to my and Natalie's house to drop off a present for my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, mm-hmm. uh, because they had danced together in a dance troupe. And I think that's the first time I saw her is dropping off a present at my home with another woman. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, we, she's in shows, she starts to become a regular and Sarah comes to, uh, to look on pants mm. all the time and brings friends to see this funny show that she likes. Um, mm. And so, so we, we kind of know each other. Um, and uh, Sarah's in the audience for that final show where I propose. So I make the joke that I I've uh, proposed in front of Sarah twice, <laughs> but only to her once. Um, and it uh, was the first sign that for me too, like, like I said, um, wonderful times with this other woman, still good friends, but you yeah. know, it, it, I, I was, I was in a mess and it, and it, it, it was a patch to, to solve things. And I, I feel kind of guilty saying it, but, I was making the rounds, you know, saying hello and goodbye to people. When I saw that Sarah was in the audience, I was like, oh no, now she knows I'm engaged. <laughs> it was like totally irrational. Cause like, yeah. I'm going to make announcements about it. Of course she's going to know. It's not like I'm going to be married and she's going to be the one person in our arts community who, who doesn't know yeah. or that I, I, I have, I wouldn't do any, I would, if I'd got married to her to Natalie, I wouldn't have done anything about it, but I still had that irrational, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I wish she didn't know. That's and I was fine. like, Oh no self. Oh no. Uh, uh, is it a, is that a sinking stomach feeling there? Just- oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just, I, re- I rejected it as a passing thought. Just, sure. You know, sure. I just rejected it. It's like that, that's instinct. It, it, that, that's a sad, lonely person who, you know, uh, yeah. had a hard time with relationships and gets a glimmer anytime he thinks anybody might even tolerate him, yeah. Um, yeah. which I've had to work on, um, you know, uh, yeah. uh, not having that kind of sense of, of assuming the way that people see you and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, did mm-hmm. It's too late for long story short. Um, mm-hmm. it, it becomes uh, obvious to Natalie and I that 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 it's okay to let it go and that we can we can be friends. And, and there's some ups and downs with that, but we get to a great place. And then I'm in a place where I'm single and kind of confident for the first time because at this point mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm relatively successful in in the Twin Cities as a comedian and a theater person, and mm-hmm. people know my name, and I'm in the newspaper from time to time, and. Mm-hmm. had had more women just saying like no uh, seriously you're you're attractive what do you mean you didn't date a lot in high school like right. what are you talking about so so i i did i did some dating ups and up and down some complications that i won't get into now but i mm-hmm. i was like 
I should ask Sarah out sometime. But she had actually dated some friends of, of mine as well. It, there, right. there was no problem with it. It was casual dating. Nothing caused any, any anything. Um, yeah. But it was a, when are we both going to be free? And, and uh, there was, we have a mutual friend who is doing a show, a, a theater show. And it is a, a play called Triumph of Love. Mm. So Sarah and I uh, seen each other socially a couple times. And we're like, it comes up that we both want to see this show. So we have this cute um, email chain going back and forth oh, uh, oh, yeah. called uh, uh, Triumph of Scheduling because we're trying to figure out in our busy, <laughs> yeah. busy lives when we can both go to this show. Mm-hmm. So uh, she, she, I didn't have a car at this point. She picked me up from work and we go there and we uh, have dinner first and then we go see the show and then we're having drinks afterwards. And one of the other actors are like, so how long have you guys been together? And like, we hadn't talked about yeah. If this was a date or not, and made it really awkward, uh-huh. and just kind of changed the subject super awkwardly. And the guy was like, "Oh, sorry, sorry," <laughs> making it even uh, worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then we have a great time, and uh, and Sarah drops off at my apartment, and I think I'm the one I asked. I think I'm the one I asked. So I think I just was like the newfound slight bit of confidence. I was just like, hmm. "Is this a date? Was was this a date?" <laughs> and she said. Do you want it to be a date? <laughs> and I was like, I'm going for it. And I was like, yes, yeah. I want this to have been a date. And she was like, so do I. And uh, oh. we had our, our first kiss oh. Oh. Uh, all after going to see uh, Triumph mm-hmm. of Love. Uh, so to this day, we celebrate that date as our dating anniversary, the date of that show. And mm. it's, this is super cutesy. So if, if anybody um, <laughs> needs to, you know, throw up a little bit in their mouth, I understand, mm. but we refer to that date as triumph. Yeah. No, that's, you know, that, that's not even a hot spit of, of, <laughs> that's, that's great. I, I wish just like you had been at my part. I wish to God I'd been at your uh, proposal. <laughs> I think it's on videotape somewhere in all of its <laughs> awkward glory. Uh, <laughs> just the, the it, it, it'd be like a, a mockumentary scene where like the, the proposal's happening and it kind of maybe pans over to Sarah and you just kept, it just catches a glimpse of her taking in this awkward proposal. <laughs> it was, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and then from there, in fact, on that first date, I was, Sarah felt safe with me. So she was the very first person she told that she had applied to go to graduate school in London and had been accepted. She hadn't even told her parents yet that she'd been accepted. She, she talked to them about right. applying and had their support. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, uh, so I was like, yeah, amazing date. And she's leaving in three months. There's no way this is happening. And, uh, you know, yeah. we, very quickly, I was like, did we both seem into this relationship? Do we want to make this work? And she's like, yeah, even though I'm leaving, I want to make this work. And, you know, yeah, was there, so did. was there, was there a, uh, here we go again, kind of flash in your brain of, I just thought, uh, you know, something happens, uh, good for me, so to speak. And now, well, she's going to London. That's it. I think I would have been lost in that defeat. Yeah, no, I, it, it, it was a similar, like I was kind of on, on, uh, cloud, cloud nine bouncing mm-hmm. into my apartment. And then it's like, oh yeah, but the London thing, mm-hmm. well, Maybe we'll have a couple nice dates. I really had the like, yeah, yeah, this will be nice. I, you know, I need to get out there and I need to date and I, I guess we'll get to go on a couple dates. And mm-hmm. then, you know, she mm-hmm. takes stuff seriously and she's going to be off and that's going to be her focus. And yeah, so I was like elated and depressed at the same time. God, ain't that life. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
And then I'll, I'll end it with this because we could go on and on about our life stories. So then thing, things got serious very quick, quickly. That was March 31st is, is Triumph. Triumph. Uh, that's our, our dating anniversary. Then we had this summer together. And then it was like late August, early September, I think, that she went to London. And then we were apart just talking over Skype for three months. Mm. And then I went there. Well, no, even more than that. Six months. We were apart for six months and then I went there. Anyway, uh, so we were apart for a long time, but it, it happened. We we got engaged when she visited uh, that December. Right, right, right. So March 31st, then we uh, engaged December 17th. So it all happened so fast, uh, including the the previous engagement, that I'm I'm sitting there doing my taxes before I go to live with Sarah in London for three months, desperate to not have to pay a lot of money because I have to somehow live in London mm. and my taxes are coming back kind of brutal. Mm. And I'm like, ah, are there any other show expenses I haven't deducted? Mm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. well, technically I use that engagement ring in a show. In a sketch. <laughs> and I deducted the engagement ring <laughs> on my taxes. See, but that had to happen. That it had to happen. Had to happen. It had to happen. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I've 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 known that in bits. Uh, I, I don't think I've put it all put on a, on a on a string there. That's fantastic. And just a lesson yeah. of of uh, always going forward. You never know what takes you to what. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I getting caught up in kind of the all the events and the sequence and the fun of it and all that. But like I, I you know, for me, the the oh, this is a person for one another. You know, we both had seen one another perform and, and admired one another's uh, mm-hmm. creativity. And we, we both worked at the same time at that time, we both worked for the Minnesota historical society and we loved history. We had mm. all these things in common, but the main thing was just like, this is so effortless. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of other relationships. I, I would connect in some parts and then other parts would be like, uh, how, how do I make this work? In, in relationships are work. You got to make them work. And Sarah and I have our differences and we have things that we need to work on. Mm-hmm. But it was night and day of just like, uh, she made me feel entirely safe to be myself and to mm-hmm. be honest about any insecurity or concern. And yeah. uh, it, it was just, it was just night and day and gorgeous. And I think sometimes when people ask like, how do you know? It's like marriage in particular, you, you know, you can talk about excitement or lust or whatever, but like long-term partnership is, do you feel like you can be 1000% yourself with that person? And that's what made me know this is it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't put that into the words I think I want to put it into, but yeah, that, 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 that that's how I think the, the, how do you know question it's, Oh, this is a foundation for which both of us can build something together and for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel it. You know that. Yeah. 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 And that's a great way to say it. Can we, can we build together and support one another in our, in our own constructions as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and beautiful add, stuff. Yeah. Add on to the foundation, build up, build outside, add a front yard. Yeah. It's all there. <laughs> yeah. Relationships are Legos. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that was uh, great fun and could be our entire episode, but we have uh, two other questions. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to take uh, uh, one more question. Then we're going to take a break. This one comes to us from Stephanie Daniel. I was elated uh, to see this question. Cause I know that this was just like, Oh, this is, this was hitting a button and kennel go. Uh, 
Stephanie Daniel asks, what do you think about the UAP UFO hearings? I wish our planet was the pit stomp on the galactic highway. I would love to see what kind of beings would be mingling with us earthlings. Uh, I also love that. I, I, I want aliens uh, to visit us. Um, but I got some thoughts. I know you do too. You did a deep dive in research. So do you want to, me to get my little thoughts out of the way first or do you want to begin your essay? Uh, get your little thoughts out of the way, my friend. Just like your little man you carry around with you when you travel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will admit I have not uh, kept up with the hearings. Uh, I've been busy, so I've seen some of the social media reactions, some of the people who are like, yes, this is all real, and the government is hiding things and all that kind of stuff. And that, that Ken has done some great deep research about the exact conversation that is going on now. I think uh, for myself and responding to Stephanie's, I wish the planet was a pit stop on the Galactic Highway. I have always felt that way. I, I, I want there to be more sentient beings uh in in our creation i want to see even even more perspectives um so i i'm like fox Mulder. i want to believe uh, mm -hmm. i feel that way about aliens honestly i feel that way about you know ghosts um all sorts of supernatural i i think that you know we are more than the sum of our parts and that there are things that we don't see and don't understand or maybe we see them but we don't understand them yet um I think of the way that in the in history, people used to see things that they didn't understand. And now we do scientifically understand them. Um, mm -hmm. And my mind is very, very open to possibilities. Um, but I also think for a lot of things, people want to believe so strongly that they have a confirmation bias. And I think people want to believe for different reasons. Um, some, I think like me, just so want the fantastic to be true. They so want the the universe to be bigger. So the deep desire for that, I think there are people, and I will say this about the UFO thing. I think there are people who frankly want to feel like they're smarter than other people and that they know something secret that other people don't. I think there are people who have, uh, you know, such distrust of establishments that they assume that something is always being, being hidden. Um, I think people have lots of different reasons for wanting to believe, but I think that I am always open to believing, but sometimes I've encountered people who believe and I feel like you're not going through the steps of eliminating possibilities or even just being open-minded. Mm -hmm. You just, you want to believe so bad, you need it to be true. And so mm -hmm. it is. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a weird line to walk because I don't ever want to tell people like, what you believe isn't true, but I do sometimes, and I'll agree with them of like, I want that to be true. Mm -hmm. But then I'll say like, but is there maybe another explanation? And do you maybe not want there to be another explanation? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and along those lines, like I, I did a, I did a podcast with, um, with Dave Foley, an episode of my uh, podcast obsessed that he kind of agreed to do. And I was like, what do you want to talk about? And I had no idea. It's like, maybe he likes cars. Maybe he wants to talk about some Canadian government thing. I've never heard of. And like, Nope. UFOs. Uh, and a lot of thoughtful, interesting things to say. And I think a lot of the stuff that led to this hearing and what he had emphasized, I, I, I don't, I don't know where he's at now. But when we had a talk, uh, like <laughs> and I'm sure you will. But when we had the talk, it was great because what we talked about is not aliens. We talked about unidentified flying objects, which have become synonymous with aliens. But to me, I like, I believe in the possibility. I, I understand some of them have been debunked, and, and you got, you got the receipts. Mm -hmm. But I think it's entirely possible that that some pilots have seen unidentified flying objects. That's different than saying 
the Klingons are here. Watch out for their bat lifts. Like <laughs> it, yes. uh, it, acknowledging or wrestling with, we've seen something that we can't yet explain is different than the, the gray aliens are real. Get ready to be probed, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a really great conversation with, with, uh, with Dave Foley about the way that uh, sometimes when we make something a joke, it makes it difficult to have real conversations about, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm very interested in that. I have not been been keeping up keeping up with the hearings and what has been debunked and what hasn't mm-hmm. and the motivations and all that. But I'm totally up for the idea of there are things that we can't explain yet, and let's talk about that and not tip it into. And this confirms <laughs> all of these various you know conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. Um, where do I begin? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll start with the Dave, the Dave Foley thing. I'm a big, big fan of Kids in the Hall. Uh, Dave, pleasure of meeting him a few times. Don't know him as well as you or others, like our friend Claudia does and everything. But um, uh, I love that interview. Your, your obsessed interview with him was great. And I think one of the big points to take from it is, you know, removing stigma of being able to discuss experiences. Uh, I, I think that's very important. Um, and, and just look at the, the jokes. And by the way, Dave Foley wrote some of the best Kids in the Hall sketches about aliens that, uh, that I remember to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it's it's um it's an interesting yeah i mean even when you think about it historically over when you hear uh, ufos or alien abductions if you're at a party or you're on stage and you want to or you're an improv game and uh, in an improv show and someone says you you've been abducted by aliens more likely than not the performer's gonna what what what's the performer gonna do yeah an alien took me and i'm gonna play a bumpkin character so you're right there you're making fun of of class economic class social standing right there mm-hmm. you go that and you're not allowing that person i i even have a thought of joke of like yeah i don't know maybe the, the aliens see that person getting up at 4 a.m with a on a farm with a good work ethic and they don't want to go to some you know person in a coffee shop in san francisco i don't know you know maybe you go that way if you want to joke about that but um my my that's a good starting point and and so to stephanie's great question i'm just like you i'm 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 fox Mulder. I wish I was as good looking as David Duchovny, but I, I uh, <laughs> am, am on the sure because I'm fascinated with this stuff. I've, I, I, I've a year ago this question would have been had a different answer from me because um, I watch all those silly shows. It was Skinwalker Ranch show, the Bigfoot Expedition, Bigfoot shows. I like those ghost shows. Um, I, I'm with you. Like I want it. I, if, if someone out there has a Bigfoot Expedition, they're funding. Put me on it. I'm not good. Good camping. <laughs> I want to see. I have a weird experience in the summer of 2000, 2001 that I saw something kind of weird at work. My friend Mark Riley has a fantastic, frightening story in the Michigan wilderness while shooting a film. Um, I love all that stuff. I want to talk about it. I want people to be able to talk about it because transparency is a good idea and a good thing. What 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 has happened with this for me in these hearings? And 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 because I, I'm so, I'm someone who's listened to Art Bell, Coast to Coast. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is now Art Bell passed away, George Norrie's. So I'll still check in on that show on, on Spotify. You can get the highlights. Terrified I, me. Terrified. I am fascinated with this. Um, this is where I'll start. I am fascinated with, with, with people with beliefs or, or subcultures or genres of people, it, professions. Um, I'm just, you know, or the center is a little more blunt than we normally would. I, 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 I'm not a, a, a huge uh, fan or purveyor of pornography, but I'll tell you what, I'm. I'm obsessed with the people in the business in terms of studying it as a character. Um, mm-hmm. The reason this came about, I'll just, one of my old roommates um, was in a long-term relationship with an adult entertainment star. And so uh, I would go have dinner with them and her friends and 
they they all are in the same world, right? Because they they speak each other's language. They just they're not comfortable maybe outside those boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fascinating group of people to study. Um, and that's one of I so for a while I was just like like I wanted to be around them. Wanted, not didn't ask them questions, but 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 or that anything you're doing is so horrible. I just like who are you? Like right, who, what what drove you to this? What keeps you in this? What do you think about it? Like it's fascinating. And, and because of that, I can follow that out with flat earthers. There's a great doc on Netflix that that tries to treat them with a, a humanity, but just like, cool, you have this, you have this belief. What brings you to that? Who are you? Who mm. are you in that? I, I've had, that's why I like rock rockumentaries about rock stars. And who, who the hell are you to be a rock star? So that's a good spot. But but so this all started to change for me. Uh, I got to sh- shut it down to not be as as, as long winded here, Joseph. But it's like. We are now to a point where we we had a, a hearing that I think on some sur- surface level uh, was about transparency, about if there's something up there, UAPs, uh, former UFOs. Is it, a, is it a national security risk? Is it something up there? Is it a spy balloon? Is it a spy plane? Is it tech? What is it? And those are fair questions. If we don't know that answer and don't have the freedom to talk about it, that's a problem, I, I think. Uh, but it can lead to other places. And the the there's... Um, a doc that's actually available on a streaming service we watch all the time. That was a couple of years ago. That 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 it's like a five part doc that you watch it. You're like, oh no, they're here. The aliens are here. And I was so a friend of mine called, but this is this is just at Comic Con two weeks ago, two through two three weeks ago. He calls me. He goes, hey, I hear you like aliens. I'm like, oh, I'm obsessed with it. But I don't. And I told him on the phone. I go, I don't think any of this is real. He goes, oh, I'm, I. That's where you and I disagree. It's very real, and you got to watch this doc. So I go, okay. So I watch the doc, and it's Friday. There's one incident in 2006, Chicago O'Hare Airport, where a lot of people think they saw a saucer in the sky. There's radio calls. There's calls to the, to the tower. And that's real. There's people experience something. So mm-hmm. through that, so this doc, I was like, oh no, good thing this hearing's coming. Good thing this hearing. But I already doubted the whistleblower, David Grush. Already doubted the story. There was already something fishy to be, but I was like, okay. That led me to look up the Chicago O'Hare airport incident, which led me into a lot of other work of skeptics and debunkers. And and very quickly, all of this unravels. Very quickly, all of this unravels because everyone involved in this is, is the same group of people for 20 to 25 years. And they are all feeding on each other uh, and telling the same stories. And I believe personally, this is my personal take, that they've been in the year of the whistleblower since 2017 or probably later. Because there's that famous mm-hmm. article in 2017 written by Ralph Lumenthal and Leslie Keen uh, saying there's a secret government program. Th- that, that article is, is about 3% of the whole story. And, and they've later admitted that. Um, they don't tell you where that comes from, from Robert Bigelow and NIDS, which is this organization he found. He bought Skinwalker Ranch and believes it's this uh, paranormal hotspot. 20 years of study. Uh, nothing really came out of it. A bunch, bunch of stories. George Knapp gets involved. Jeremy Corbell. All these people. And these are friends of Dave Foley, by the way, who I respect Dave a lot. So I don't know what brings him to that. I am fascinated with that group of people. Um, but they all have, they're all together and they've all been connected. And they've all been working and they find a whistleblower who is on the record saying, I didn't hear, I didn't see anything. I've been told things and we don't know. And, and I always say this, it's not a, it's not an, I told you so if an alien shows up, it's you don't need to come to me and say, Ken, we told you so. I want that. <laughs> and a lot of the bunkers want that to happen actually. Like, let's do it. Find the research. Anyways, here's the danger with it. Here's where I think there's a, oh, Stephanie, you just asked a simple question. This hearing is, it, it, it's a taxpayer money. 
And in 2007, a guy named, I think, John Lekastic, uh, his name, first name is John, I can't remember his last name. He goes to Skinwalker Ranch because he hears these stories. He thinks he has, he thinks he sees something. He goes back to Senator Harry Reid, a Democrat, to be fair, says there's something going on there. We as the government need to investigate. Harry Reid gets $22 million. It's put up for bid. There's only one company that bids. It's Robert Bigelow's company. Robert Bigelow was one of the top donors for Harry Reid. Uh, they go on in this for 2008 to 2012 or whatever it is. They have this program, OSAP, uh, sometimes called ATIB, but those are not the same. Com- those are not the same organizations. And all these people, they go investigate Skinwalker Ranch and they present their findings about 2010. And the other people in the government go, and I'm summarizing the story. They go, oh, this ain't nothing. How much money's in this? And they they shut it down. And for two years, the money slowly drains until there's no money left. And Harry Reid tries to get this moved to classified and tries to save the program. They can't. Harry Reid believes in aliens. Rest in peace. He passed away in 2021. Uh, he believed in aliens tied to some of his religious beliefs as a Mormon and, 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 and Robert Bigelow never a lot of, and Brandon Fugel comes in and buys the property, uh, a Mormon real estate developer. And I, I'm not here to poke on any one religion, but they, they have a belief about some of the stuff. So they go, yeah. it. it all factors in. They're all the same names. They all the same names. But then what well, the, the problem for me is you now have, it's in front of the government. We have more potential money being already Chuck Schumer, uh, Schumer passed a bill. There's a lot of bills. By the next day, they already add money to the, the program, the current program, Arrow. Uh, more money into this uh, essentially defense uh, fund. Because now we have this new threat. What's in the skies? Cold mm. War is done. War terror is done. Uh, war on drugs is done. What's, our, what's the new thing we got to spend for? Uh, all, and a lot of the people, these whistleblowers and a lot of the people come in this group that I keep talking about, they're, they have ties to defense contractors, private defense companies. And, and, and it's not a conspiracy to wonder what's this all going to. And then on the panel, there's, there's AOC. She, I, I, I trust her, uh, Karen Gillibrand, good intentions, I think. Marco Rubio, I'm not a huge fan of, but even he says, you know, I don't know. Transparency is the reason I'm here. There's an alien, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but alien, there's an alien. I'm here to see, is there something being kept from us that mm-hmm. might be in, in depth? So I, I, I'm fine with those people, but there's, there, there's Tim Burchett, Matt Gates, and, and Anna Paulina Luna, three representatives who are known conspiracy theorists, who are known to stir distrust in the government. And they're doing this ahead of Trump's criminal cases. They're doing this ahead of the 2024 election. And they're doing this to say, look, you can't trust anyone in this swamp because this is what mm-hmm. they're hiding from you. And, and and we need and and it's dangerous. They if you stand with them, you're standing with some of the other uh, two tier justice system. January six election fraud. Uh, liberal leader groomers and eating babies. Uh, Trump is being targeted by the deep state. I'm sorry to get this direct, but this is all what they believe and what they're all on record is saying. And they're up there leading the charge. So I, my danger is who you standing with and who you standing next to. Analyze that. There still may be aliens. I don't think anyone on that panel is talking about an alien. Uh, and as far as the pilots. Um, I don't know how to say this politely. They are highly intelligent people skilled in the, in the specific areas that they are experts in. Uh, I've spent a lot of time around military, police, fire, former military, current military, and future military. Uh, one of my friends was married to an F-18 pilot who was in the, as an F-18 pilot for 30 years. Actually, he knew Fravor, uh, Dave Fravor. I got to tell you something. I don't trust them any more than anything else. <laughs> like, <laughs> I trust that they're seeing something that they can't explain, but other people can't explain. And it's going back to what you're talking about. I'm, I'm ranting at this point, I know, but it's concerning to me 
Because there's a lot of people I know who I consider common sense who are just like me. Love to know if a gray alien is going to pop out and shoot us like Mars attack or give us Reese's pieces. I'd love to know that. that. Um, But when facts and, and reason is completely thrown out, you have to wonder who's behind it and who's going to gain from it. The whistleblower yeah. himself, if if you look at his, his his News Nation interview, Joseph, you taught me about personal themes. The personal theme that runs through everything he says is a sense of, of, of belonging and wanting to belong, but feeling like he doesn't. Mm. He looked up to men in uniform, which, by the way, not a bad thing. Looked up to wanted to be so he got this military career. He even in his in his statements has said, "Don't don't take down all of the government. They're not all bad, just these ones." Because he still wants to be part of it. Then he finds a group for that 2017 article uh, of the aliens. He starts finding a group. He goes to these alien conventions. There's photos of him at Alien Con and Paranormal Con or whatever con. And he connects with this group. There's photos of them having lunch with George Knapp, who's made a whole career of this since the days of Bob Lazar in, in, in 80. By the way, News Nation, The Hill, and George Knapp's uh, news station, in uh, the, the one that he works for in Vegas, are all owned by the same company. And, hmm. and they're all the same names for 20 to 25 years. And this guy, Grush, found belonging. He found a team to be part of. And a thing to know. And I don't doubt some of the things he believes, unless he's all an outline. And by the way, under oath, under Congress, as a Major League Baseball fan, I can tell you what that means when a player points at Congress and says, I didn't take steroids. And seven months later, is popped for steroids in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, under oath is a weird thing. And all this deleting, there's great work of, of uh, four guys I'll highlight here. Stephen Greenstreet, Mick West, Jason Cavalito, and Michael Schirmer, all hated by the UFO community. By the way, Stephen Greenstreet retweeted one of my podcasts, and I found myself for a week in UFO Twitter. It's a horrible place. Get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> the other fandoms are bad. It's a bad one. Greenstreet, Greenstreet had an, uh, uh, he used to host a show on the New York Post called The Basement Office where he was, he was a believer. He had an experience in 2003. Uh, he has completely switched. Uh, Jason Cavalito's written a great article. He has a great book coming out. I uh, can't wait to read it about the moral panic of the 1950s. He's written, he, in 2021, he read, read, uh, wrote an article I shared on, 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 on threads about all this group being connected. But they can be a little bit of personality plus, right? Green mm-hmm. Street has enemies just based on his energy and how he looks. This guy, Mick West, is the most boring, basic, <laughs> kind of British accent dude who's, who used to work in video games. He does, helped design Tony Hawk Pro Skater, I think, one and two back in the day. Retires from that, goes on to take up on his mission to, to, to deal with con- the danger of conspiracy theories. And that's where I'll end, Joseph. You're a champion for letting me go this long. Um, <laughs> The danger of conspiracies and where it goes and what they're based in. He is not. He did not set out to go debunk aliens. He first worked with chemtrails. He first worked with a lot of other 9-11. All these kind of conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories are, are, are fun. I enjoy. You got one, I'll listen. Um, and sometimes things come true. We learned post-Watergate. Ooh, CIA involved a lot of things we didn't think they were involved in. Um, yep. Things that go on. I don't call. You know, do I want to find out who shot Kennedy? Sure, sure. I think it was Lee Harvey Oswald, but okay. I want to hear your theory. And sometimes I wouldn't call those conspiracy theories. I just call those things that happen that we don't know about. Um, but there's a great, there's a danger to thinking these things. And if you don't think there's a danger, look the last three to four years of the damage that has happened to people who fall fall too far into the rabbit hole. And that's Mick West has a book called Into the Rabbit Hole. And he, he's made the last 20 years of his life about this. If you watch his videos about the Tic Tacs, the Gimbal, the Fleer, all those videos, they're almost boring. 
They're almost boring and everyone in the UFO community hates him. They go after him every day. <laughs> he dispassionately, calmly, and empathetically debunks pretty much every one of them. He haven't, and if he hasn't get to, if he doesn't get to it specifically, they're, they're not just there yet or they just don't know. And he always says, I, I, let, I, if the evidence emerges that this is something alien, I'm here for it. He said mm-hmm. that constantly, but no one listens to him. He has debunked some of these things down to the very airplane that people were seeing using flight tracker websites and, and da- data. But no one wants to believe that. I got friends who aren't mm-hmm. talking right now because I'm like, this isn't fun. This isn't a game anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's not a question of if there's gray aliens. There's a question of who are you giving more power to? Because that's what this is all about to me. So I'm going to end there. People can send <laughs> to me, not to Joseph or Jennifer. I'm really passionate about this because I think I'm seeing a lot of people around me who would call normally reasoned, uh, well-meaning people who are absolutely angry and rabid about this and are believing things one as, as, as 100% of facts have been presented when it's about 1% of fact. And mm. it's troubling to watch it happen because if you don't think it's, it, it's dangerous, look at anti-vax deniers, look at uh, uh, what happened on January 6th, and look at things in the past. I also think there's a great danger in conspiracy theories that provide people a way out from the harsh realities in front of them. And a lot of times minorities, uh, underrepresented groups or oppressed groups are damaged by conspiracy theories. And that's a danger as well. So, Stephanie, you asked a wonderful, simple, somewhat <laughs> harmless question that I take at face value. Um, but it's been an area of passion for me the last couple of weeks. I think it's a dangerous slope. No, you you answered her question very direct, directly of what do you think about the hearings? Um, and you answered the, the, the wish for it of it would be wonderful. How much could we possibly learn mm-hmm. about about the universe that we didn't know if there are other sentient beings that are entirely aware mm-hmm. uh, and that, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. And, uh, you know, I, I long for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to your point, the, the longing stops when I feel like maybe my longing stop, my longing is being manipulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think it is extremely important. We talk about it all the time from things like, politics but also something as simple as you know bad pop culture quotes that take things out of context or you know somebody just somebody heard something and then everybody you know reshares it and it turns out it's just somebody on reddit who has no cred who claims to have talked to ewan mcbrother's you know second cousin's dentist and knows that liam neeson hates him like what yeah you know you you dig down and there is no there there Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about that all the time and, and I'm amazed and impressed that y- you did the work. Mm-hmm. You didn't just follow your gut and go, eh, it's kind of BS and, and mm-hmm. Matt Gates is awful, which in my opinion, he, he is, and I'll say objectively he is, and he's, mm-hmm. he has no serious policies. He's, he's just an uh, attack dog to, mm-hmm. um, try to give, throw more power to himself. He's not a serious politician and there's mm-hmm. nothing you can look at that, that says he is, um, you could have just stopped there, but you dug, you did the research, you did the thing that it's, it's hard for us all to, it's hard for us to make the time for, but it's also to make hard to make the emotional room for, mm-hmm. to say, I, life is hard. Uh, things are incredibly confusing and unmoored in, in our lives and in our culture. Boy, would I love to just 
look up at the stars and dream and I can look mm -hmm. up there and dream and then I can look over at the government and be mad at them. And I have all the emotions I want. I get to dream and I get to be mad at the people who are taking me from the dream. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to stop there. And it's important to look at why, why would anybody want you to feel that way? And there is this very legitimate thing of the the government absolutely has conspiracy theories aside, as you point out, the government has hidden things. Um, mm -hmm. Such a fan of of the Rat Pack era, and like that they were on Sinatra and, and Sam yeah. Davis Jr. Like nobody's business. Um, all all sorts of things like that that you know come out later. Um, whatever you think of who who shot Kennedy, eh, the Warren Commission doesn't seem like it was really trying to be open and honest with the mm -hmm. people, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Great. We absolutely should be concerned about what is being hidden from us. But it seems that that fear, that aha, they're hiding things from us is uh, something we're seeing a lot in politics in, in particular with um, with Trump is projection. Almost everything that he accuses somebody else of, he has legitimately done. Yeah. Um, very sadly, it becomes a joke. But very sadly, we see that honestly with um, with the abuse of children, I mean, the, how, how many times have we seen somebody who's been a crusader saying those others are attacking children and then it comes out that's actually something they're doing. So yeah. it, this seems similar to me of the this small group of of people have their own motivations, have money that they're channeling from one believer to another believer. Mm -hmm. That's the part of it. And then they're and then they're pointing out saying. Uh, maybe the government's being misused and like, but from your research, it sounds to me like uh, yeah. that's, that's the abuse. So you've got the, you know, projection issue going on as well. So uh, I think it's really great that you did all the research. I think, you know, in, in my dream society, we would all be encouraged and have the time and the space to do that kind of research. Mm -hmm. And also I think just have the, um, Trying to think of the right word for this. I don't have the 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 grace, the imagination, the room to dream. I got no problem with it if every single sighting that led to these hearings is debunked by a solid scientist. Mm -hmm. That doesn't stop me from dreaming and hoping that there is more. It's not an attack on me to to, to prove that this this instance. I want I want every pilot <laughs> in the in, in who's flying mm -hmm. to have actually seen something that would be great because i want there to be more in the universe but it takes nothing from that desire and that dream of mine to go but they didn't mm -hmm. maybe someday they will but they didn't i want to deal with reality and still have room to dream yeah, I, I well said at that point at the end. I, I and I, I think one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it isn't just to take away the joy of aliens from friends I know. Um, and again, uh, <laughs> but same with the Bigfoot thing. Like I, I'm fascinated with the stories of Bigfoot. Fascinated with some amazing, like whoa! I don't know what that person was telling on that story. That seems crazy. Uh, in this era of drones and footage and satellite, we don't have anything but grainy footage. Like you know, I just want, I just like I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Bigfoot to sit down like those commercials and pull out some Jack Link sausage and say, I'm real. Like, <laughs> that, I'm ready, waiting for that. I, I don't know if we'll get to that. And, and is, there, uh, is there a spiritual side and spiritual realm? Yeah, I'm here. To, I'm with you. Let's dream and dream it all out. But, but if you don't think this stuff matters, uh, just concentrate on that, that, that space saga that we talk about a lot. How many times in the last few years has a story with complete uh, lack of, 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 uh, of a base of any base of reality, any, any semblance of truth. How, how far has that story gone 
to actually damage and hurt people in, in, in the, in those films or in those studios or undercut just simple joy. And it all starts with a lie, a lie and agenda. Well, the dangerous thing about this hearing for me is that you have, uh, you have a group desperately trying to get power, connecting with a group trying to hold on to their power. And that's a dangerous equation. And who get great value right now out of changing the subject from the truth that many laws were violated. Mm-hmm. And there we have courts of law to to decide legally whether people are being held responsible. We also have courts of public opinion. And in my opinion, yeah. from observing the crimes that were committed publicly, mm-hmm. uh, that is that is hard. That is ugly. That is sad. And that is where I think a lot of our the public energy should be focused and, and people like Gates benefit massively from yeah. distracting us from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's it then. <laughs> For anyone who's still listening to Other Center, we'll be back yep. with more. Yep. Uh, that Those were our easy questions. After the break, the hard question. <laughs> back in a moment. 
quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And we are back with cues of the other. We've talked about meeting our first loves and not meeting aliens yet. Uh, but we have one more question uh, from Christopher Ferreira. Uh, for the most part, I, I always just try to take questions in the order they come in, unless there's some specific sort of time-sensitive reason to bump them around. So I really did just want to take this this first episode of Cues of the Other and just see, like, what is the variety of questions we're going to get? And um, not that those questions that we just talked about weren't deep and personal, but this is this is very personal. Um, and, and Christopher acknowledges that. Uh, I want to thank Christopher for sending this in. And we'll see where this takes us, Ken. Mm. Here's what Christopher has to say. Mm-hmm. This is a deeper and personal question, so no obligation to answer. I recently was diagnosed with ADHD after a recommendation from my therapist. When he recommended it, I looked up the symptoms for the first time, noticed inattentive type, old ADD, and went, oh, wow. That symptom list read like a checklist of how I approach all problems, none of it super healthy. I've since learned that inattentive ADHD is the most common late diagnosis as it usually involves lots of procrastinating, but as long as tasks are done eventually, it goes unnoticed that there's a problem, which was the case with me. Once I was out of school and into the workforce, there's a bit more tolerance for deadline slip and it became apparent that this was more than just procrastinating, maybe not even related to ADHD, but have you guys had an aha moment with your mental health that helped put things into perspective? or help the path to growing and learning. Thanks. Love you guys. Hope the strike ends soon so we can all safely return to the galaxy we love. Thank you, Christopher, for the kind words. Thank you for uh, sticking around, and thank you uh, for the the really wonderful honesty about your life experience in the great question. So, Ken, mm. where do you go with this? This sounds like it's being flippant and a joke, but I'm reading Christopher's description here, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, but this speaks to an issue um, that um, I really agree with of, of we have more research at our uh, fingertips. We have more, hopefully, and it should be better, but help at our finger t- fingertips. Um, wish everyone had access to it, but, you know, there's more chance to go, wait, what is really happening to me? You and I, I think, are a part of that generation where this started to change um, and we started to acknowledge things more. Re- remember, we're part of the Reality Bites, Gen X, uh, everyone's on Prozac Nation, right? We're part mm-hmm. of that from the early 90s, which was an interesting time to grow up in. Um, but there's a lot of things undiagnosed, I think, throughout history that we just didn't know, right? I have this conversation with my mom and dad. There's some things I think they should probably, you know, get get looked at more closely. <laughs> but they mm-hmm. kind of have a, that's not what you do. And I carry that forward a little bit with me. So I like what Christopher's talking about. If even just me going, huh. The way he describes that is oddly familiar to things I experience. It might send me into a path that maybe that's not what I uh, uh, have going on with me, but maybe it's something else. Or maybe can I, I can acknowledge it. I think that's where I look at because I still have a tendency to be um, 
you know, almost stereotypical, like, I don't need to go to a doctor. I'll put a bandaid on it. But also <laughs> I was in therapy for a very long time. I suffer from depression, had a couple of suicidal incidents and, and uh, I was offered and even suggested to go on medicine. And I didn't, I chose not to. And I, I'm happy with that decision for me. I, I have, I believe I have the tools to battle it more, but that doesn't mean you have everything. And it doesn't mean you don't need to reevaluate your position or stance or, or just as more research and different meds show up. It's been 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. So, or more. So yeah, I think that's where I go with this question first here is I think this is a wonderful share from Christopher of he could have uh, easily been like, ah, this is just, just who I am, <laughs> you know? And then now, oh, now I know a little bit more about who I am. And it's not a, it's not a yoke that holds you back. It is, uh, it is literally sounds like more freedom to understand who you are. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, uh, I think one should always be, be, careful with labels that you don't put yourself in a box but mm-hmm. that caveat said um i think having words for what we're experiencing that's that's so much a huge part of the human experience and we certainly grew up and and you and i grew up and were reared by people who did have a life's tough suck it up attitude mm-hmm. and you know i think of the power of having a a, a shared word a term when you're getting clinical, a, a real diagnosis like Christopher is talking about to be able to hold an idea. It's one thing to have an idea, but to be able to hold it and express it and compare it um, is so powerful. And you know, I really think of my, my grandfather on my mother's side who, who grew up and had a kind of a, a, a nice life and mm-hmm. uh, got sent to world war II and was destroyed. Uh, mm-hmm. he had, he had a horrific PTSD, mm-hmm. but there was no word for it. You buried it and you went on. And mm-hmm. if people had dealt with it, I would have had a grandfather. I had a weird shadow of a grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and if PTSD had been a term, an idea, not something to be afraid of, not something that made you weak, but something that was, you know, a 100% understandable natural human experience that needs to be reckoned with mm. uh, and looked at and understood, um, you know, how many of us would have different different lives as not only ourselves dealing with this, but the people in our lives being able to have, um, mm-hmm. it, uh, have a word, have an understanding, have an acceptance that it's okay to, to need uh, help or even understanding, you know, because there are plenty of people who are just like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just different. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're all different, but here's, here's a specific set of ideas. Here's a specific word. Here's a way to think about it. Here's a way to uh, address it in the way you want to, Uh, you know, be it uh, behavioral, be it medicine, be it just Mm -hmm. self-understanding is so powerful. And, and I'm glad that we are living in an era where we are uh, really addressing the truth of what we are experiencing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm with you too. And maybe that's a lingering effect of our generation being this weird transition point of of uh, rub some dirt on it and take a lap or go seek actual help. I, I sometimes want to make sure, hey, di- you know, don't maybe don't diagnose yourself. Don't diagnose yourself from TikTok. Uh, go see what you actually are. Uh, I, I can sometimes bristle at the. I'm this way. Well, great. You're also still treating me like a jerk. Can we deal with that as well? Can we deal with that? <laughs> I, I think that maybe has a little bit to do with my generation. Um, yeah. And, and what we went through. And I, again, that's why I, I applaud Christopher's share here is, is uh, um, there's 
different pathways forward. And that's part of the big change that's going on in the world. You talk about PTSD, my uncle, um, uh, both my uncles, but one of my uh, served in Vietnam. My dad served in Vietnam as well, but in the Navy, my uncle, his brother was in the Navy as well, which was uh, admittedly by both of them a different experience than my other uncle who was on the ground and uh, came back horribly uh, affected. You know, my mom was his roommate when he came back and he would jump around screaming, my feet are on fire in the middle of the night for months on end, you know, mm-hmm. and we didn't know how to, we didn't, we know how to deal with that then. Um, and he dealt with it in a different way and he helped me a lot. He's been a, you know, <laughs> great a person, 55 year career in LAPD. And, uh, but you saw the damage and you still, he's still around. He lives in Vegas. You still see the damage because he didn't know how to deal with it. We didn't have the tools. And as tools started to be presented, he fought against those kind of tools, I think, just in his mm-hmm. meetings and his police. Um, there's a, a, you know, you and I and Jennifer are trying to be real careful about the, the things we talk about here. Uh, recently, um, uh, saw, uh, took in a, a, a story on screen <laughs> of um, a pretty, uh, I thought, powerful description depiction of, of toxic masculinity and I had, I had one friend who said uh, oh come on you telling me there's not one good guy in that film and my argument to him is no there's an entire film of good guys they just didn't know the path forward to be better they saw a certain way that was destructive to them um, almost as much as was destructive to the women in, the, in their lives and society around them and that's part of my point here you know like there's different paths forward to dealing with, hey, what you might be. And, and if you don't adapt or look or seek out these new ways, you're only going to damage yourself. And then, unfortunately, probably damage a lot around you. Um, mm-hmm. Part of what's going on here is we have all these words because hack comics uh, or, or your uncles at the parties can make fun of all this. Oh, what now? Everyone's ADHD. Oh, in my day, we called it. Th- yeah, yeah. In your day, uh, we called it that and we swallowed the pain and we all suffered. <laughs> So I agree there might be some nuance and problems and, da, 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 and maybe TikTok has diagnosed people too much more than doctors. I get it. But also probably leads to more healing. So shut up <laughs> and heal yeah. with us or don't. Yeah. Uh, there is a limit to in my day uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, Christopher specifically asked about aha moments. Do you have any, any aha moment that, that you wanted to share? I think it ties in actually with a, a part of our conversation up top with, with the romance uh, and just, uh, my view of the world, I, I, myself, I, I am a depressive person, which means, uh, you know, I go towards uh, the, the dark. I go towards what I don't have. I go towards all those, uh, the negatives. And that's that's easier. It's a path. And I'm not unique in that. Uh, but it took me a lot, long time to just sit back. And it's not just simply the danger is to tie it to success. Because there's been times in my life I've pulled back and been like, Tell 14-year-old Ken that he got to go on radio. He got to be on stage at the Groundlings with some cool mm-hmm. people. He got to be punched by Roddy Piper in a wrestling ring. Tell Ken that at 14 and he'll be pretty happy with his life. That's success-based stuff or experience-based stuff. And that's part of it too. But I think uh, what I had to learn over the years is just that I have – and I've, and by the way, uh, Grace will tell you, and I still struggle with it, of what am I, what am I open to? And you can tie it in some spirituality, you can tie that, but just what, what, what am I open to? Or am I still tied into the mindset of the depressive mindset, uh, which is a, inherently, I believe it's a, it can, it's, it's a chemical thing. It's a, and I inherited it from my father without a doubt. Um, it's a lot of things there. I never want to dis, uh, discount anything, but I also think it's a very egocentric mindset, right? You, you're so focused on the end. And I'm not saying your ego and you're intentionally selfish, but that's the result. You're so focused on the inside and I've combated that by trying to push out to the outside. What can I give to other people? What can I take from the world? What taco tastes great that I can enjoy in this moment? And it's not foolproof and it's not the, the best way forward for everyone. But it, the stuff we were talking about up front of, of, of I went through my life going, I do not deserve love. 
I do not deserve someone that I'm attracted to. And I'm trying to say that carefully. Um, mm. Not that I'm like, oh, I wanted just a hot lady or something like just, you know, who you want in your life. You can, oh, if I don't feel I deserve that, that's part of the problem. That was a mishy mash mush in my, my mind of what I don't deserve and what I shouldn't get. And I think there was mm. a couple of aha moments along the way. And I'm still, yeah. I still do that, but that's what I, I think I go to of like, ah, no, I am worthy of something. I don't need to worry about my resume. I just need to worry about what I in this moment deserve. I think that's really great. And, and I think, um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to navigate, uh, the mm -hmm. d discussing these kind of issues and it's hard to navigate, uh, the, the, what we're talking about, uh, in terms of, um, reflecting other uh works from struck companies um, <laughs> i tried so hard not to for that, that i know i know i know in my soul yeah. mm -hmm. i know it but I, i'm gonna dance close to the line uh, mm -hmm. uh with hopefully the spirit in the right place i in that big popular movie that's out right now i i i saw um i saw m myself in in part of my aha moment um mm -hmm. which was you know, I talked about how I, I did get lots of good feedback that being artistic is good and uh, being sensitive is good and being friends with people, you know, regardless of gender lines. I had all sorts of, you know, uh, female friends and I had male friends who were able to be sensitive with one another. And I had all sorts of of great things, but I didn't realize how deeply the message had seeped in from lots of little places from things I love, even like Cheers. Which is just, it was just a comedy of its time and what it's just a joke, but it was this message that was seeping in from everywhere that no matter how sensitive you are, no matter how much of an artist you are and how much you value yourself for that, uh, you're going to be a pile of crap if you're not a real man. Mm -hmm. And one of the only ways I feel I was told to be a real man is uh, women need to just be falling at your feet. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're not strong enough to go get, get a woman, you know, mm -hmm. um, and for me, it was kind of an aha moment of like, I never wanted to have my own value determined by who likes me and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and the, the wonderful joy to kind of wrap up some of the things that, that we're talking about of, of finding Sarah and, and there was just, there was just none of there, there, there was no, it was just honesty and just truth of just, hmm. I care about you and I'm attracted to you. And she's the same way. And there was, there was none of that baggage of, am I in this relationship because I want to be, or is it this pressure that something deep inside of me feels like I, I'm not valid unless <laughs> I, unless somebody external to me hands me my validity. Mm-hmm which is what's going on in mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> movie we're talking about. And, and, and it's also uh, a great joke too, but uh, yes. Yep. Yep. And they're, gen they're, they're it, I always want to be really careful talking about it because boy, is there a long history of, of uh, women being uh, not only, you know, mm -hmm. treated mm -hmm. awfully, not having credit cards, not having the right to vote, mm -hmm. you know, not getting to create art. I mean, there's just, there's just, there's no comparison mm -hmm. um, in, in our society. Uh, and also feeling like, oh, here's the standards of beauty. Here's the standards of smiling. Here's here's what you can say and what you can't say. And and there's an endless history of of women, uh, it, you know, needing external validation uh, mm -hmm. for for their value. And I think um, 
I, I don't, I don't want to be like me too. It was just as hard for me, but I think there is this, this specific thing. And I, and I think because the power dynamic is different, the jokes still, still stay there. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when someone's a lousy person, a politician does an awful thing, like we can just make fun of, we, we can make fun of the awful things they do. Yeah. There, but there's still jokes of like, and that person can't get laid. Mm -hmm. And like in, inherent in that joke is that person has no value unless yeah. they get it externally from someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that was, that was a big aha mm -hmm. moment for me of, mm -hmm gender is complicated attraction is complicated all of that is complicated but i don't want to get my validation mm -hmm. um i don't want society to tell me i need to get external validation in this very specific way that makes me make choices i would not have otherwise made yeah yeah i think it's that's a good careful way to say it <laughs> yeah 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 yep. No, no, yep. and and it's not. It's definitely not 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 the same. Yeah, you're right. You don't want to be like, and I've experienced this as well. No, no, you haven't. You, but but uh, that's the destructive nature. I think because maybe um, we as, uh, as 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 men as a whole throughout history have not. Uh, we don't understand what the damage that's being affected to us, and hopefully you can. And 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 uh, and and some of the folks I'm butting heads with in my own life about this just seem to not want to acknowledge it while they're losing friends careers connections it's damaging you <laughs> it is damaging you your yeah. strength and power are no one's telling you no one's telling you to stop working out empty your bank account or get rid of your guns i would like some responsibility with them but even those friends are responsible with them. no one's telling you that those are just yeah. that's not <laughs> the measuring stick that's needed here you're being hurt by the other thing it's it's a bigger conversation yeah and, and maybe the simpler way to say it is you know i am a firm believer in in toxic masculinity hurts everybody somebody saying toxic masculinity is not to me an attack to men <laughs> uh it, obviously there are parts of toxic masculinity that are very directly um hurting other people but the whole point of it is we men don't need to live this way either i mean i think if I had ever been able to have a conversation with my grandfather and, and try to get him to get help, I think he probably would have told me, you know, only a P word would do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's toxic masculinity hurting him and yeah. keeping him from getting better. Mm -hmm. um, the, the toxic part is affecting everyone. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Yeah. So there, that's the Maha moments recent yeah. and, and long held. Recent and long held. Yep, exactly. Uh, I realize now I should have found a fourth fun question of like, what's the favorite, what's your favorite bunny you've ever seen? So we can uh, end on a, on a nice upbeat note. Uh, okay. uh, Joseph, what's your favorite topping to put on frozen yogurt or ice cream sundaes? Large, juicy cherries. Oh, Just I love a good cherry. Wholesome, bouncy pitted cherries i don't know how i combined wholesome and bouncy but there you go <laughs> i'm with you on that i also like white chocolate chips and this harkens back to the 80s carob chips i don't even know what carob chips Ooh. are but i love that on frozen there you go carob and cherries uh <laughs> <laughs> our new name when we start a dj group mm. uh that then uh those are our questions ken we answered them all even the one we made up to make ourselves feel better uh 
How do you feel you did on things uh, that you wanted to say versus, ooh, should I say that? I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about some things and I know it kind of, it, cause it gets specific to either parties or religions or names. So I understand if anyone out there could be upset or you just want to believe in anything, I, you know, I, I just, just hear what I'm saying and hear the intention and hear where it's going. But also at the same time, if you want to tweet me, it, it, it's not just for Jennifer, it's me. <laughs> yeah, no. I hear you. I hear you. And I agree. And I think uh, a well said, there you go. Some, some, uh, four center tradition, I, I think well said on all of the challenging things that you said on the podcast. Uh, I think that is it. So we can just talk about where people can find us. If you want to find us, we really hope you do. We cannot wait to get back to our primary mission around here, but I'm having a lot of fun having these deeper discussions and personal discussions. You can find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on threads as well. Instagram, Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We are available on a lot of podcast spots. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. Patreon.com slash Four Center is where you can support us directly as we said up top. Just be blunt. It would really help and help keep the show going strong. It's always going to be going, but going strong is a different statement. Uh, and we could use your help right now if that uh, uh, weighs on your heart. I sound like I'm asking for like some donation on PBS, but I'm not. But uh, I think you all know what I mean here. Appreciate uh, the follows. And you can follow me at Ken Napsock or go to my website, KenNapsock.com. And Joseph, where can they find and follow you? You can find me on all the social media in particular. I'm trying to spend some time on Blue Sky and Threads and Instagram and some of the ones that uh, still feel a little bit more fun, but I'm on all of them with the handle at Joseph Scrimshaw. So find me there. More news coming about short film stuff. Thank you, everyone, for all of your support there. But that is it for myself, for Ken, uh, for chocolate chips and cherries. <laughs> this has been Cues of the Other. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.